Okay, it's Kellen. And of course, AL. And today, you guys, we are bringing you one of a kind. You won't find another woman like this. You won't find another business owner who looks like this or comes from this type of background. We're going to be talking to Miss Sheila Ruffin, who is the boss at Soka Caribbean Yacht Charters. She is an attorney from the Virginia area. She is a travel expert because she even did additional studies to get her certificate. She also is a woman who you might see her fighting with herself because she went to Hampton and Howard. So on this interview, if you see her just kind of going back and forth, it's because of that fight. Miss Sheila Ruffin, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Thank you so much for that marvelous introduction. I am well. How are you guys? We are good. Great, great. Great, great, great. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Now, now Miss Sheila, we get right into it in Diversified Game because we, we get, try to get the background out of the way and we want to know how does a millennial woman get into the yacht game, which is a game that is, um, you know, expensive and there's not probably too many people, if anybody, who looks like you in your age bracket. So tell us about yourself. Yeah, so first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really do not take it lightly. I really appreciate the exposure to tell my story. Um, like you mentioned, I'm Sheila Ruffin. The way that I got into the yacht industry is, and I always tell this story, and I hope people never get bored with it, but I am from a small boating town um, off the Chesapeake Bay on Virginia's eastern shore near Cape Charles, Virginia. And my grandfather, whose nickname was Big Rich, he was an avid boater. Um, he and his best friend would go boating on the Chesapeake Bay. And so having that knowledge of him going boating and going up around water all of my life, um, I decided to go into the boating industry and specifically the yachting industry. As you mentioned, I am a Hamptonian, so we do yachts. We don't do regular boats. <laughs> but um, also, I um, spent some time working in St. Thomas in the United States Virgin Islands, and there I worked on maritime tourism um, when individuals wanted to build like a pier or a marina in that part of the Caribbean Sea, the section of that particular government that I worked on uh, or worked in we would decide whether or not that applicant could build a pier or a yacht marina in that water. And so that's when I specifically became familiar with yachting. Um, as you also mentioned, I went to travel school and I needed a niche area. I needed something that would differentiate me from the rest of my peers or colleagues. And when my mother, invited me to go on my sister's 40th birthday cruise. I told her I deserved to be on someone's yacht. I started to look for companies that were one-stop shop, as well as a company that reflected a person of color and I could not find that. And so that's when I decided to start my own yacht vacation travel company. That's impressive. That's Thanks. definitely impressive. No, you're very, very welcome. So, like, walk uh, walk us through 
uh, walk us, walk the listeners through like a day in the in the life of you. Like, uh, how early do your days start, and uh, when do they wrap up? Yeah. Yeah, the good thing about being an entrepreneur, and you guys talk to plenty of entrepreneurs, so I'm sure they would tell you the same thing, is that we don't have a set time. You know, there is no nine to five. There are times where I go to bed at 8 p.m. and then wake up at 12 a.m. So from maybe 12 a.m. to 4 a.m., I'm working on my company, whether that Mm -hmm. is um, speaking with my assistant and emailing her whether that is helping her to respond to bookings or whether that is um, responding to people's questions because many people are not aware of yachting as a viable vacation option. Um, Mm. As you guys mentioned, I am an attorney as well. Um, And so I do have that position. Um, But when I get home from that position, I'm back into my yachting mode. That is researching. That is making sure I keep in contact with tourism boards and having um, individuals there that I can call up and say, hey guys, you know, I have a client that's very much interested um, in maybe doing a private jet. What is the airport that that client uh, will land in? Um, so it's really a lot of research, really a lot of bookings, and really a lot of educating people on the differences between yachting and cruising. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. And when, when you say, you know, going to bed at eight and waking up at um, midnight and then working till four or till whatever the next day, um, what are some of those daily activities? Because we really like to give the game. A lot of folks we find stay up all the time and think, oh, I'd be a great entrepreneur and okay, I'm up. But what are you doing? Is it emails? Is it branding? Is it actually contacting people because you have clients on the other side of the world who are saying, hey, we're flying on our jet and we need a yacht today? What does that look like? Yeah, for me, I mean, the good thing is I don't have a brick and mortar um, store. Maybe that's something in the future. But most of my things are online. Um, So it is making sure that my website it's reflecting everything I want it to reflect. So it may be contacting my web developer or web designer to say, you know what, I want to change this. So can we add um, this word? Um, blog writing, um, because I am also an attorney, I love to write. And so I'm constantly looking up uh, new blog ideas. Um, again, contacting my assistant um, and then doing a lot of emails. Um, regarding someone stating, oh, I, you know, wake up and maybe I should be an entrepreneur. I mean, of course it takes much more than that. Um, there are entrepreneurs that go 24 or seven. Um, there are entrepreneurs that put in, um, maybe 10 to 15 hours a week. Um, but it takes much more than just not sleeping. You're absolutely right about that, Sheila. Um, and with you being uh, an entrepreneur, like what what do you like what do you like best? Is it the the is it the time the time that you're able to have most control of? Is it uh, you know having the opportunity to you know run your own shop? Um, give us a little bit of insight into that. Gosh, what a great question! Um, for me, the number one thing is not just being an entrepreneur, but being a travel industry entrepreneur. 
Um, the reason I got into travel, not just boating, but travel, is when I was around maybe five or six years old, my mother would sit me in front of our Macintosh computer. Can you guys remember Macintosh computer? That tells my age. Um, and we would plan family vacations, whether it was to Disney World or other parts of the country. And so for me, that became a passion. So I don't think of entrepreneurship as work. I think of it as I'm doing something that I started in my childhood that disappeared when I went to college and law school, but now I can return back to it. So that is the number one thing is that I am doing something that I love. And if I wake up at 12 or 1 a.m. up until 5 or 6 a.m., I don't feel like I'm working. No, that's awesome. I remember the Osborne computer and pe- people oh, say, no, Can't- you're way older than me because I don't know what that is. No, no. And people say, Kellen, that was mid 81 when you were born, but I was pretty much given a laptop, you know, I was <laughs> born on top. But yeah, I just look like this. You, you read Dorian Gray, you see picture. I got other pictures like this. Uh, <laughs> and and so with, with the travel, um, when did you get the travel bug and to what place was it that you're like, okay, this is what I want to do? Yeah, it was when I was five or six years old in front of that non-Osborne, but my Macintosh computer, it was, I got the joy of, first of all, being with my mother and bonding with her, doing something um, that she and I could bond upon or bond on. Um, because I spent a lot of time with my father and I grew up in a two parent household, but because I played sports at a young age, I spent much time with my father. Um, and he was my basketball and softball coach. Um, so being able to say, okay, that was time with dad, but now I'm going to do things with mom and plan travel. So I would say that's when we started, but that's when I started my travel blog, um, travel bug. Um, I studied abroad in um, England, in Bath, England, with a program associated with Oxford University. And I loved studying abroad so much that while in law school, I studied abroad in Cape Town, South Africa, at the University of Western Cape. And so I just continued to to travel, but that was based on my um, five and six-year-old self. Solid, solid, solid. And... Uh, when it comes to um, the travel business, um, what would you say is the most enriching thing? Um, is it being able to, um, you know, live out that five and six-year-old you? Is it being able to serve others? Is it being able, to, like again, being able to provide a great service? What what exactly is is that thing or that it thing for you? The it thing for me is the happiness and the joy that people get when they're planning their travel. Um, It's as if it's a kid in a candy store or a kid in Disney World who is super excited. Um, People become extremely um, happy and they create this whole idea of what they want their trip to be like. Um, I get individuals that say, you know what, I want to have an amazing 
50th birthday celebration. And I want to party at 12.01 a.m. come my birthday. Um, I get individuals that say, you know what, we're going to do a couple's trip and I would love to have like a spa retreat or something of that nature. And so my it thing is really making people happy and excited um, about getting ready to try something new because many of the people that want to book with me have never tried yachting before. It's something that they did not know um, was within their reach. And so creating a niche, creating something new, and just giving people another option besides um, traditional cruising is, is what makes me excited and happy. Love it. Love it. Love it, Sheila. And to kind of piggyback on that, um, do you have any uh, standout uh, testimonials from any of your clients, customers? Yeah, I don't. So we're starting, not yet. Um, so my company started January 9th of last year. So we're hitting our one year anniversary. So within this first year has been a lot of the growing pains of starting a company, um, you know, doing marketing and branding and trying to get our words or our, um, company out there. Um, but now being that it's winter time and we've had that one year of success of marketing, um, now people are starting to book. Um, and so I'm thinking or praying that come uh, June, we'll have those testimonials for you guys. So we'll have to do another recording. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, I would, I would say, I mean, you've gotten through uh, a, a great deal of the, like the hard part and mag magic and blessings definitely coming your way. You're doing the marketing, people are booking, it's only up from here, Sheila. I really appreciate that. Don't make me cry. <laughs> I appreciate that. In, in AL, the, the way I found out about her was through my wife. You know, my wife always finds the beautiful guests, the, the inspiring women, because that's what she does, um, you know, when she's sitting in the dark room all day. But when you read uh, Sheila's um, story on Travel Noir, where my wife um, saw her, Guess who did her interview? It was our past guest, uh, Miss Bailey, the traveling attorney. Um, if you remember that uh, guest, Al. Sure do. Mm -hmm. So, so life is, you know, in the world is 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 so small, uh, and and it just shows how you know with unity we all win, and that you know through all these different platforms that she'll go on. I mean, we're all in one circle. Can you talk about how how the, the steps, because somebody will listen to this and say, well, she's from Virginia, so, you know, she's like Whitley, she might come from old money, which I know that, <laughs> you know, you don't, but I know you're a different world fan, um, you know, like all of us, we, we all grew up watching that. And so they'll say, oh, they'll hear, you know, England and Oxford and Cape Town and say, you know, she had money. But how did all of those things in law school, how did all those things like come together? Was it because you were just, you know, sitting on a pile of daddy's old money? Just, you know, talk about how you took those steps. Yes. So first of all, large up to uh, Travel Noir and that amazing article. I really appreciate that opportunity because that is something that propelled me. Um, so thank you so much for Travel Noir. Um, so my last name is Ruffin, not Rockefeller. 
So <laughs> not sitting on facts, okay? Um, but I've always carried myself, or I think my family has carried ourselves like we've been sitting on a pile of money. Um, on Virginia's Eastern Shore, as I've mentioned before, because I have to represent where I'm from, um, we are a peninsula that sits sits off the state of Virginia. There are U.S. maps that don't even include us. There are people that have never heard of us. Um, and so having that chip on my shoulder, you know, I'm not from a big city like a New York or a L.A. Um, so I, I constantly have that chip on my shoulder, like I'm going to represent where I'm from. Um, I'm going to put us literally on the map. You know, I know that's a statement that people make, but again, we're not on a lot of U.S. maps, so I'm going to put us on the map. So that has played a huge part in it. Um, the second thing, and, and maybe this is not in any particular order because I probably should have said this first, but I am a Christian. Um, I am a PK, um, and my mom is first lady. And so my foundation of a Pentecostal um, foundation of Christianity has really helped me um in my older age now not that old but in my late 20s and definitely in beginnings of my 30s i'm 33 will be 34 in march but i've learned to pray on my own i've learned to um, have an intimate relationship with god on my own and so being a christian woman that's walking into my own pathway has definitely helped me during those hard times of um, wanting to give up, of wanting to end my life. I've mentioned that in another uh, podcast that I did, but holding on to what I believe in has helped me as well. Powerful and, and positive. That I uh, I can definitely, um, I can get with that. That resonates with me greatly, Sheila. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And outside of um outside of like the researching and the, the marketing and uh the customer acquisition um what does a free time entail a reader um and it's, and it's a preacher's kid but um you know what what does what does some of your outside time look like gosh um so i am in a sorority so large up to delta sigma theta sorority incorporated um so that plays a huge part in a lot of my free time um as you guys are probably well aware um, my sorority does a lot of public service and so volunteering um to do um whether it is a neighborhood cleanup or um representing some of the or not representing but working with some of the youth to just kind of make sure that they are productive members of society. So that's something that takes up a lot of my time. Um, I'm heavily involved in my church in Washington, DC, the large up to Greater Mount Calvary Holy Church. Um, I am involved with the homeless ministry there where I have served on the board as secretary. I am a huge proponent of helping the homeless. It truly bothers me each time I see um, a member of the homeless community, and eventually that's something I, I want to create a nonprofit around. Um, I'm heavily involved in my church regarding um, a youth group there as well and being a part of the uh, youth department. So those are probably my top two. I have a little dog named Valentine who has finally stopped barking, and she's taken up a little of my, 
a lot of my time as well. Wow. Can can you talk to us about the um the when you you know you finish law school, you get the travel um education, what is your first steps and then saying, I want to have access to these yachts, just so people are clear, these are, you know, uh, white glove service from the doorstep. She comes and gets you luxury cars. Even if you have the budget, you can fly, you know, private, you, um, you handle your flight. But how do you start making these connections? Do you know somebody? Um, do you just on the boot, start knocking down doors, which we know deltas are great at knocking down doors. I've seen them even take the doors off the hinges in a strip show. Um, so, so give us that. And that's not the rocks you still want up, folks. That's, that's right. Yeah. Make it known. That's not what it is, honey. <laughs> so, um, so your question, you know, how do I make the connections in the yachting industry? Um, so let's be very honest, and I've been very frank in making this very well known. The yachting industry is very much well, white male dominated um, and older white males. And so it's an industry where you're not going to see a lot of African-Americans or people of color in because for decades it just hasn't happened, right? I mean, talking about history of yacht clubs that have discriminated against people of color. Um, so that's one aspect. I'm a person of color. The second aspect, I am a woman. Again, it's very much male dominated. And so I look at it from a point of view of I have two um, different versions of myself, which I have to knocked down into this industry to show people that I belong. Um, so the one thing is the inner um, working in myself, knowing that I don't have to allow someone to tell me I belong. I know that I belong. So that's the first thing is having the courage and having that steadfast um, belief that I do belong. Um, but practically speaking, I am a connector. Um, I love to speak with people. I love to go to different events and talk to people. Um, I know who to go to in conferences or seminars. I look at people's mannerisms. I look at women's purses. I look at men's nails. Um, and so you have to learn how to network, but network in a way where you're going to the right person. Um, everyone is not network worthy. So I don't waste my time with people that cannot get me anywhere. Um, the third thing is recently in October, I was the first time exhibitor at the United States Sailboat Show in Annapolis, Maryland, which is the world's largest in-water boat show. Um, and I made my connects there. You did not find a lot of black women. I may have been the only black woman that actually owned a company there. And so I did stand out. Um, I'm not going to wear my nautical vest and my khaki pants. That's not cute on me. I am going to stand out in hot pink lipstick and, 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 and make people know that I'm different, not just because of my color, but because 
I don't dress like you guys as well. And so it's really about networking and having that belief that you belong, even when you really do not. Now I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go deeper because mm-hmm. someone, there's a, a, a young woman right now watching and saying, wow, she did that. That sounds so cool. You know, after you get the business registration and you, you talk with everyone, how do you convince someone who owns a, you know, uh, a yacht, a vessel yeah. that's worth millions, if not yeah. tens or hundreds to say, I want to use your vessel. I want to, um, this is my new company. I want to then rent it out and we're going to make this work. Like, what are those steps? Do you already know that the vessel could cost you, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars and that you'll give them X amount and then make, you know, 5,000 more, 10,000 more. Like, how does that work? I love this question because it's a question that allows me to give advice and not just speak on where I'm from or how did I do it. But how do you convince people um, in the industry that has already made trillions and billions of dollars that they need you, right? That's the, the, the question. The number one thing is showing where you differ. So with me, and this is not something I've said verbatimly, but it is that a word verbatim? Okay, verbatim. <laughs> That's my Howard Law, not Hampton. So, <laughs> so um, what you have to do is say, this is how I differ and this is how I can benefit you. So me personally, it is Look, I'm bringing a demographic that the yachting industry does not market to. You guys do not market and advertise to people of color. If you look at the advertisement, if you look at your website, you don't have any people of color. You don't know how to connect with people of color. I am a person of color, and I am going to tell you that I can get a trillion, billion-dollar demographic to start to yacht. That's the first thing. The second thing is the yachting industry is very traditional. Um, You know, people have their cigars and their cognac or whatever, and it's so boring. I mean, just to be honest, I am a fun, exciting, love to have, you know, just have a good time. And so the second thing is saying, look, you guys are very traditional. I'm going to bring a flavor that you've never seen. I'm going to season up what you guys have done for decades. And so, yeah, we're going to laugh. Yeah, we're going to joke around. Yeah, we're going to play some soca music. Yeah, we're going to get the boat rocking. Yeah, we're going to make some waves because this industry is too stoic. Um, And I'll give you a perfect example. At the U.S. Sailboat Show, Um, There was a company um, that I love, this company, but they wanted me to take a picture of them on a yacht. And I said, perfect, you know, I'll take your team picture. And the picture was so simple. And I said to them, okay, do your simple picture, but how about we do a fun picture? And they looked around at each other as if they were trying to figure out what is fun. And their version of fun was throwing up two thumbs up (laughs) and and then it hit me like you know what you're in the right industry and so you have to show people that you can benefit them that i'm going to bring to you guys a billion dollar market because african americans and hispanic americans totaled 
um, billions of dollars in revenue last year in 2018. So if I can help you guys make money, and that's why you should choose my company and myself over over other people. That's that's solid. I I can't. Wow, that's wow. All I can say is wow, wow, Sheila, wow. Um, my follow up to to that would be now how has the how has the process of you know talking to the different uh yacht owners how has the reception been considering you're coming in with such a high level of expertise such a high level of background and uh research information how how have those those owners been been with you yeah so one thing that i did now last year right it's 2020 okay so one thing i did last year was um, researching what company really spoke to me regarding their mission. Um, so it was actually me interviewing the companies in person that I wanted to work with. And so I talked to probably several different yacht companies because um, I want to make it clear, I do not own the yachts. I work with yacht owners and yacht companies that own the fleet of yachts. I'm not at a level right now I intend to be um, where I can purchase these you know five ten million dollar yachts um, so I interviewed these yacht companies to say what is your mission you know what do you believe in and the persons the yacht owners and the um, yacht companies that I choose to work with they actually have a want and a desire to market to people of color they've been wanting to do it for five or six years or maybe even more, but they did not know where to start. Um, they didn't know how to gain those individuals. Um, and even if they did, they did not know how to gain people of color uh, millennials. Um, and because I am a millennial and I bring a fresh face, they're willing to work with me. Uh, AL, I got a hater alert. And sometimes this happens, Sheila, because when you said, I don't own the yachts, I heard someone say, see, see, I, I, I told you, maybe she just works with, no, she owns the company. But I know another billion dollar company that doesn't own some vehicles either, but they do very well on the stock market and people use them sometimes daily in the bigger cities. So not owning the yachts and maybe having like a Uber effect or, you know, just catching a lift. I'm doing yeah. play on words right now. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't have to own. And, you know, you have yeah. things like Airbnb, which AL is well versed. That's one of the things he does. Um, so you don't have to own it to be yeah. able to make that billion because it may be more of a liability than an asset in today's economy. Um, I would love to know, though, with, you know, the different yachts, how big do they get? I know that, you know, the, the, uh, a simple yacht and a simple yacht, right, could maybe be 28 feet and more. Yeah. But do you have my dream yacht where I can helicopter onto the yacht and really stunt real quick? <laughs> I love it. So let me go back to the hater thing, right? Uh, but you make a good point because I'm finding that within the last decade, you don't have to own, you just have to be a problem solver, right? So let's take the Uber or the Lyft or some of these uh, car services. They are a problem solver. 
um, for whatever reason, they figured, you know what, we don't want to go with the taxi. Why don't we just use other people's home or Airbnb it out, right? And use other people's cars or uh, vice versa. And we problem solve. And that's exactly what I do. I'm a problem solver um, for individuals that want to be more upscale and who want to have a one-stop shop because you don't have to pay for your taxes and your fees and your gratuities and your ground transportation. You don't have to do any of that with me. We're going to take care of everything from um, that luxury car service that's going to take you to the airport. If you can upgrade to a private jet, we will include that as well. We include the ground transportation, your captain, your chef, your hostess on some of the yachts as well. And then we do everything in reverse. Um, so you're right. I'm not the owner. And then you mentioned a very important thing is that owning yachts are a major liability um, because I am a lawyer. I'm smarter than that. That's why I say right now I'm not at a level where I can afford it. Neither do I want to. Um, you have to be very keen on international um, maritime laws and, and things of that nature as well. And then the maintenance of yachts are very expensive. Gas on yachts um, are very expensive as well. So I want to make that clear to, to any hater. Um, but I love my haters. Um, so regarding the measurement, regarding the feet, we have three different versions. We have a bronze breadfruit package, which is a up to six person, a silver sour thought, which is an up to eight person, and then a gold guava yacht, which is an up to 10 person. And they range from about um, 45 or 47 feet to around 57 to 60 feet. Okay. Okay. That and those are good sized yachts in in Seattle, where, where I'm at for the next six months till Florida is the new home. Uh, my I took a gig coming here, and I got my boating license, and I took a gig um, cleaning the boats, the yachts, mm -hmm. or the, the 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 bigger boats to the yachts. That is when I knew I didn't want to own these ever it's like owning like an rv like a provost i don't want to get on top and be cleaning that thing right. it's easier to rent it out for when you use it so yeah. unless you know be and that's the do you want to own a boat go clean a boat do you want to own an rv go clean an rv same thing if you want to own a three hundred thousand dollar car go service a three hundred thousand dollar car and the insurance right the insurance too all of that and and the I'm parking at, you know, my favorite grocery store and people are going to be coming up when I come out. That can be a scary factor for yeah. some of us. Um, and that that's one of the things you have to think about. Um, now, somebody like AL who's in New York around a whole bunch of money. We know you do the Caribbean. Can you do New York on a good day? Um, in the summer and have a yacht? And if you could do New York and how far can these travels be? Mm -hmm. So I only specialize in the Caribbean. I do not specialize in uh, the United States. Um, I choose to only do the Caribbean because I want to pay back Caribbean culture for so much that it has done for me. Um, I've mentioned this before and I've mentioned it again. There was a time when I did not pass the Maryland State Bar examination and I went to commit suicide. Um, and I literally told God, if you don't do something quick, I'm going to take myself out of here. Um, what a bold move for me to do that. But that is something that 
I felt very strongly in. Um, and that was on a Friday. On a Monday, I found out I got a job offered in St. Thomas. Um, and then 14 days later, I moved down there. And so I am very much specific to the Caribbean and to the culture and to the music because I really believe that God used um, St. Thomas and all my friends down there and my coworkers down there to save my life. Wow. Wow. What's the name, what's the name of that Tamala Man song? God Provides? Look at that. <laughs> there we go, honey. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, I'm going to double dutch in. Um, uh, here's an interesting question for you. Well, it may be interesting. Um, you know, for our listeners, um, you know, that may uh, be only accustomed to um, or be aware of uh, just like regular cruises, um, you know, what what differentiates, um, you know, taking a yacht tour versus uh, taking a cruise? And like how how does your company kind of dispel, uh, you know, what people may already know and aren't privy to what your what your business provides? Yeah, I get this question, gosh, so often to the point where I wrote a blog article on seven reasons you should um, go yachting as opposed to cruising. So please go on my website, www.socayachtcharters.com and click on the blog link and you will see that particular article. Um, But one thing that differentiates is boarding. I get a lot of questions, you know, where do you board? Do you board out of Orlando? Um, Do you port out of Fort Lauderdale? And I have to explain the very basics of, you know, it's not a cruise where you go to the Fort Lauderdale port and then you cruise down to the Caymans or cruise down to uh, Cozumel. What happens is, Again, we'll have that luxury car service to come pick you up um, from New York and take you or from a borough and take you to, uh, let's say, JFK. Um, And from JFK, you'll take your commercial flight down to uh, the Bahamas. So there is no port. You know, there's a yacht marina, but that yacht marina is down in that particular destination. And the only way you're going to get there is to take that commercial flight or um, if you want us to do a private jet charter, we will include that. So that's the main thing that differentiates. The other thing, or not main thing, but the one thing, the other thing is um, you're going to have your own personal chef slash bartender, um, your personalized uh, captain, and then for our gold, our gold guava yacht, which is that up to 10 person yacht, will include your hosted. And so you're not going to have a, I don't know, four to one staff crew member like on the cruise. Your captain is your captain. You know, your personal chef is going to make customized, personalized gourmet cuisine. So um, if you say, hey, I'm gluten-free, then your chef is going to make gluten-free cuisine. If you say, you know, I am vegan, then your chef is going to make your vegan cuisine. If you like uh, peach bellinis at 7 a.m. early in the morning all the time, then that's what's going to happen. And then you have your hostess on the Gold Guava Yacht. If you need that warm towel to uh, be at your... um, 
a footstep when you come back on the yacht from a day of snorkeling, that you're going to have that towel. You're going to have housekeeping services from your personalized hostess. Um, the other thing is on the cruise, you're partying and cruising with 1,500 strangers or 5,000 strangers. Um, here with yachting, they're going to be with your family and friends because you you know them. I can only tell that. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, No, no, no. I, I, I was going to say, could you imagine being on a yacht and you get your, like, your country uncle making chitlins? He's like, I just want chitlins. But hey. But hey. No, I mean, that personalization, that's, that's, the, that's the right touch right there. Because um, I guess just reflecting on everything that you shared, Sheila, um, you know, going on a cruise, like, yeah, it was cool to go on a cruise, but like yeah. this, the, the, the boarding process, sucks you feel like a piece of cattle like you know it's all these people you only know the people that you're with I mean not to say that you can't make friends or you know get uh get acquainted and become amicable with those around you but yeah. just that process sucks it's just terrible and uh, yeah. I can definitely um can definitely see how you know you're going to make a big splash with what you do and um yeah. you know really touch some folks yeah and I, I mean look if people love cruising they love cruising you know, that's your thing. That is your thing. I'm just trying to show you literally a different world. Um, so, yeah, you know, cruising and, and, and yachting, we're all in nautical tourism, but we differ. Um, not only that, but with cruises, they are so large where you're not going to get the local flavor of the people or the culture. Um, with yachts, because they are smaller, you can go into that private secluded beach with that um, West Indian guy who's making, you know, food and lobster fresh. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be touristy. And that's another thing is that it's really important for me to give people an opportunity to see a different side of the Caribbean. You're really going to get um, engrossed in the local culture with my company. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that sometimes with cruises, you have to uh, buy, like, the Wi-Fi packages and the drink packages. And sometimes if you do, like, a jet ski or something that's not included, you have to pay extra for, like, the sightseeing and touring. Um, with us, everything is included. Your water sports, um, your premium liquor is included, all of your food is included. Um, and then the other thing is, and I have to say this very quickly, but with cruising, your time limits, right? You get off the yacht, I mean, you get off the cruise and you want to explore that touristy area. And then you have to be back on the cruise at, I don't know, 5 p.m. With us, if you guys were to say, you know what, we really like um, Host Van Dyke and British Virgin Islands. We want to stay here for an extra day. My captain is going to say, of course, you're the boss. You know, we do what you you tell us to do. It's not like a cruise where you have to get back on or forfeit the rest of your vacation. And it seems to be you'd get a different caliber of uh, clientele because people who just love cruising, the ones I've never done a cruise, um, but boats I, I, I like. And if I get on someone's yacht, I'm going to show you my boater's card and try to, you know, drive the thing. But that you're getting someone who it's a different, I would think it's a different feel on the water, not having do it. I, I don't want to be told when I can go somewhere. And I also want to be able to use my own bathroom. Um, so that's a whole nother thing, but TMI, I know. 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I want, I'll run to the boat. Like, I want to use, yeah. So w- w- with that, though, I, I don't want to just uh, brush over. You had mentioned uh, the depression. Um, uh, and as entrepreneurs, uh, I think many of us uh, go through some form. Some are better able to hide it. And so you would you would not know. Um, but think about if it went the other way, how beautiful of times you would not have seen. So how did you, you know, um, what do you tell yourself now, I should say, to say, you know what, devil get behind me because yeah. I got even the, the best is yet to come, says yeah. my word, my scriptures. Um, yeah. How do you fight that? Because so many of us deal with that. I mean, think where nobody is where they want to be. Bill Gates yeah. isn't where he wants to be. You know, Warren Buffett with his old, ain't you know, mature self. I was going to say aging, mm-hmm. but mature self. <laughs> you know, he's not where he wants to be because he'd probably love to do more good. But what do you tell yourself and how do you fight that now? Yeah. So first of all, big up to Warren Buffett. I am from Cape Town, Virginia. So if you ever see this, holler at your girl. <laughs> um, so look, I tell people often my initials are SR. It stands for Sheila Ruffin, but it also stands for Sophistic Ratchet. I am sophisticated when I need to be, and I am ratchet when I need to be. But what that means is I... I'm a hood Christian. <laughs> Just to say it very frank, um, there are times where I am light in allowing uh, Satan to run amok. And there are times where I feel like, you know what? No, it's not time to play any games. It's time to do a total knockout. So if you want to get in this boxing ring with me, then let's, let's flow with it. Um, and so for me, it's a boss up mentality. Um, I am helping this woman um, right now in um, some hardships that she's going um, through. And people coddle her and say, oh, it's going to be okay. It's not that big a deal. And I tell her, no, it is a big deal. You know, you've been working for this for years. It's time to boss up, not boss down. And so sometimes you have to really put on those boxing gloves and you're ready to do a total knockout. And so when there are times when I am down, yeah, I cry, you know, yeah, I get frustrated. Um, I may go to the gym and and lift those weights to get out that frustration. But there are other times where I literally tell Satan, don't play with me. I, I really get straight hood because for me, that is my next level of praise. For me, it's different because Growing up in church, you're not taught to praise like that. You're not taught to pray like that. But that's why I mentioned um, in my later 20s and now my early 30s, I've learned to find him on my own. And so what I love so much about God is he allows me to be me. You know, I don't have to use all those fancy words and things of that nature. I can just tell him, boo, go in blow my mind and feel yourself. And I tell God that all the time and he and I know exactly what that means. There you go. Powerful. I love that. (laughs) Powerful. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Woman of faith. You you armed up. 
<laughs> there you go. Ready to fight armed up. What's up? <laughs> Boozy, but can get down when I need to, when someone coming for me. <laughs> no, that's what's up. Go ahead, Kel. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. You know. It, it's you. You have to have a, a, the holy and the hood in you. Um. To and and growing up in the church, a lot of times, depending on what type of church. I mean, we did church. Um. You know, at least three times a week. But you learn as an adult the things that maybe the pastor did not preach on, and that there is so much that is sometimes overlooked. Especially, I would say in certain denominations or black folk, you know, there's certain things, maybe because the pastor has his own things, he can't preach on that because there's, you know, other stuff going in the background and someone who's written a book on the Christian industry, on the entertainment industry and, and done church almost like professionally, I guess, because when you're getting paid, it's professionally, you find out that people are just people and that, you know, everyone's trying for the most part to do the best they can so sometimes yeah. it, it can put you know you'll be in a, a spiritual slump and that's when that devil loves to creep in and, yeah. and try to steer you you know one way or another so that that that's good some people need that and to have a good circle because as the old saying goes show me your friends i'll show you your future if you're just around people who also are gonna way down on you. And I can only imagine dealing with yachts. You have some old friends who say, oh, wow, Sheila got this money right now. Man, I know she can ask somebody for, you know, 10,000 because 10,000 will change my life when a million dollars won't change their life. So do you deal with that now that you're dealing? I mean, you're the lawyer, you're, you're Oxford program, you're Cape Town, been around yeah. the world. Are you, yeah. you get that type of celebrity that like basketball players and people get where they're like, yo, Sheila, solve my problems, please. <laughs> oh, I haven't gotten that <laughs> because, um, you know, I'm just in the beginning of my success. Um, and so I don't think people see what I see. And so if they saw that, it would probably behoove them to get to know me now if that's what they want to do, right? So um, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm very open. I don't mind sharing a lot of private information because I feel like when you share things that are private, people can get a breakthrough or people can see themselves in you. Um, so there's this guy that I wanted to talk to. Um, <laughs> and for whatever reason, he just did not continue to communicate. And that TKO Sheila is like, if you only knew who was trying to talk to you, then you would really become intelligent. <laughs> but he's not intelligent, okay? But um, no, you know, you, I haven't gotten that. And maybe it will come and I would deal with those individuals accordingly. Um, I will say that something I have gotten is a lot of persons who want their businesses attached to mine. So not so much, hey, can I borrow, you know, a few thousand, because I know you're in the yachting industry now. Not personal relationships, but business networking. I've 
gotten a lot of people that say, hey, I have this company, I have this wine company, or hey, I have this real estate company, you know, let's work together. Um, the one thing I tell those individuals are, let me get where at least a solid level, where I feel very comfortable in making my company work like a, you know, a fast-paced Corvette. Let me just get to that level, and then maybe we can reach out and do some um, collaboration. Um, the second thing is some people, not all, but some people that want to work with my company, they don't have a plan. They just say, oh, you know, I have this company, let's work together. Okay, send me your business plan. Send me your company's information. What is your mission? What is your vision? Who are your demographics? And they don't have that. And so with those individuals, I know they're not serious. Um, I'm finding that they want me to tell them how we can work together. And I just don't have the time for that. Not only do I not have the time, I don't have the energy. And that's, that's not what I should be doing. If you want to work with me and tell me how we can benefit each other, as opposed to just having your hand out. I mean, as a Hamptonian, I'm going to use um, our most illustrious alumni and say, you know, Booker T, that whole bootstrap mentality. I don't believe in that for every situation, but if you want to work with my company, let me see you pull up your own bootstrap and then we can tie our uh, bootstraps together. There you have it, folks. There you have it. No, it makes a lot of sense. Let me get it. Let me get it. Um, so, Sheila, with the, uh, we encountered, Kelly and I, we encountered that too with people wanting to work with us. Um, and with the, like, uh, excuse me, Sheila, and with uh, everyone that we talk to on the show, um, we do like to peel the layers back. And so to kind of piggyback on what you just shared and kind of, you know, get into your psyche and in, into the mind of you um, in terms of last words, um, is there any insight that you would like to share um, for any entrepreneurs that uh, will be listening to this interview, this conversation that uh, we're having uh, this morning? Is there any insight that you can share from an entrepreneur to other entrepreneurs in terms of what people should look out for, what they could be doing, what they should be doing, and how to uh, kind of keep an open mind to excel themselves along? Yeah, um, of course, I don't have all the answers, but thank you for this opportunity to um, share what I've learned over the last year. Um, number one is please become educated in business. Being business uh, savvy is very, very, very important. I have to large up this company that, or this organization that has helped me get to where I am today. That's the Operation Hope Program, um, where they help uh, low-income communities and people of color to um, become very much well-versed in entrepreneurship. If it had not been for that company, I'm not sure I'd be speaking to you guys today or that organization. I'm not sure I'd be here today speaking to you guys. So find an organization um, or a business mentor or an organization that can help you to finagle your way in this world of business. You know, my background is coastal zone issues, maritime issues, environmental issues water, things of that nature. And so although my background is that, right, so I have that water and that marina knowledge, and then I have that legal knowledge, 
business is a whole nother sector. And so you have to become educated in business plans, in marketability, in um, personal loans and financial issues, um, in, um, you know, doing analysis of your demographics and who your target audience is. Because um, when I first started my company, I thought my target audience was a group. Um, and it turned out they were not interested in my company at all. And I almost lost out on almost $10,000 because of that. Um, so you really have to become educated in business. Um, the second thing would be, you know, just go for it. Um, life is full of opportunities. And so at least try. I love me some Aaliyah. She is still my favorite singer. And so dust yourself off and try again. If it doesn't work out, maybe regroup, maybe think of another business, maybe um, rethink that business and change it up a little bit to turn it to something else. Um, the third thing is, um, you know, every door is not going to be open. So you have to find a way in to that industry or that sector. You know, look at me. There are not many people that look like me in the yachting industry, but you have to find a way in. And it's going to take time and it's going to take, you know, sleepless nights, maybe some tears and some blood and sweat, but um, you can do it. And then just learning how to differentiate yourself. What do you bring to the table that is different? No one wants to work with or buy from a uh, or, or gain a product or a service if it looks like everything else. You know, what do you offer that is different? Another reason that I am different is not only because I'm a person of color, not only because my company is a one-stop shop, not only because we offer, you know, luxury car service and all of that, but we also um, added a public service um, sector or part to my company. Um, it's called our Helping Hands campaign, where if you choose to go to the Bahamas or the British Virgin Islands, we offer you an opportunity to do a, a volunteer service where you're planting shrubbery and trees to help with storm damage. Um, so try to also add in some public sector or public service things because as millennials especially, we love to um, attach ourselves to brands that really do good in the country and as as well as the world. That's awesome. Yeah, you gave the game today. And we like love to get the game. We also love to give it as well. So I can already see the book on its way, um, followed by the, you know, documentary. And so, you know, I'll, I'll bother you later on in the year and say, hey, how, how's the book coming? Because Thank people, so yeah, because people, they, they need it in so, so many ways because what you're doing is, I mean, it, 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 it could be, there's so many collaborative efforts, but as you said, when you come to collaborate with a business owner, you guys have your plan. AL and I as consultants, as marketers, as PR, whatever they call us, we get people, hey, can you make us famous today? And they have no clue of what they want. Can you put us on Shark Tank? I say, hey, we'll put you on Shark Tank. Can we sell the whole business if it's that? You know, can we sell it all so we can all get paid today? Because most of the time, people come and they don't even have their budget. So I know if you don't have a budget plan, you don't have much of a plan. 
because that's where it all starts to build the house. Can I use marble? Are we on dirt floors or fancy, you know, cement? So I, I just, I can't wait to see even you on the speaking circuit because there's so, there's so much that you have to give. So, um, no, that's, I, I just love it and, and appreciate you for, for coming on because her next stop is Oprah, y'all. Own, own, and, uh, you know, <laughs> all the other. Speak it, speak it, keep on speaking it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you already know I got one for you that, you know, we, we've discussed um, for a platform that's even more popular than ours, but for a client of mine where I think the story will resonate and it will, um, it will go far and reach uh, millions. So I can't wait, you know, since you've said yes to that. And so, yeah, Miss Sheila, we are going to stay in contact and thank you. I want everybody right now to go to SokaYachtCharters.com. Check it out. Don't be shocked by the price because you'll say, I've never paid that much. But you have paid that much for some jewelry. I've seen y'all in Miami <laughs> and New Orleans. And, you know, some of you guys got the, the new Maserati for 2020. And you've you paid for all these things. But this is the real stunt for Instagram. This is the real thing that you can bring your family and it will be memorable. That car is not memorable. That, you know, second house that you bought, that could be an asset, but it also could be a liability. So make sure you check Check out SokaYachtCharters.com, the Instagram, and think how, you know, what enrichment a trip like this could be. And, and we thank you for this interview. Thank you. Thank you guys thank you, so Kim. much. And like I said, thank you to your lovely wife. Um, I hope to at least say hi to her one of these, uh, uh, maybe when you guys move or something and go down to Florida. But um, definitely thank you to her as well. I really appreciate it. Again, if it had not been for her mentioning me to you I wouldn't be here so blessings unto you and into your family and and your show and your business as well thank you thank you see I'm getting my hair ready I'm gonna be in Soka and oh that's the last thing we gotta give a shout out to the Trinities because I hear y'all too don't hate on us because we didn't we said Soka and we didn't say Trinidad Tobago you know uh, <laughs> and, and and you're not Trinidadian so we gotta make sure we, we you know Please large up, big up all my Trini friends. That's right. That's right. Please say that because uh, I have a lot of Trinidadian friends. And as you mentioned, um, that's the birthplace of Soka music. And then the rest of the Caribbean islands have picked it up. So, yes, large up to Trinidadian. Thank you for making me who I am, Trini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we got to give it up to them because I've never met a humble Trinidadian. So <laughs> we, they got to get their shout out. <laughs> <laughs> they say, why would we be humble when we live in paradise? I got you guys. Okay. No beef. It's one Africa. It's one world. One people. Boom. Gotcha. All right, y'all. Y'all got the game. Be blessed.